The Koi Gig Pod. I wouldn't care if Megan Campbell didn't have hamstrings left. If yeah. she just stood on the sideline, she has to play. And subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. We're joined on the line by News Talks Courts correspondent Frank Graney to give us the very latest on the Regency Hotel murder trial. Frank, good morning. How are you doing? Good, lads. Um, this trial is obviously dominating the front pages day in, day out. I think it's about a week since we, we spoke to you last. Um, what's been going on in the meantime? Well, we've had lots of evidence, as you would imagine, since we last spoke, Jer. Um, we've heard from civilian witnesses, some people who were at the boxing weigh-in when the shooting started when and when David Byrne ultimately lost his life. We've heard from a lot of uh, Garda witnesses. We've heard post-mortem evidence. You know, we heard the, the cause of death from the, den, the then deputy state pathologist. We've l- watched an awful lot of CCTV evidence and we've heard some evidence too in relation to the seizure of three AK-47 assault rifles believed to be used uh, in the Regency shooting. I suppose immediately after you and I last spoke, Chair, um, a number of civilian witnesses were called. We heard from two press photographers who were at the event now, neither of them were covering the actual boxing event, and this was a boxing way in ahead of an event at the National Boxing Stadium that was due to happen the following day. Obviously, that was cancelled after what transpired at the boxing way in at the Regency Hotel on the 5th of February 2016. But we heard from Colin O'Reardon. Now, he was the chief photographer with the independent newspapers back in February of 2016, and both he and crime reporter Robin Schiller were dispatched to the boxing weigh-in on the off off chance that some people that were of interest to the newspaper uh, might be at that event. Now, he was told um, not to bring any camera equipment. So whatever photographs he was planning to take at the event were going to be taken on his smartphone. He said that he arrived there first. Um, Robin Schiller arrived a short time later. They went into the event. This was happening at two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, they went in and uh, Robin Schiller said that he had spotted Daniel Kinahan. Uh, Daniel Kinahan, as we all know, um, was one of the owners of MGM. MGM was one of the promoters of this event, the clash of the clans. He and Matthew Macklin, the boxer Matthew Macklin, set up MGM in Marbella in Spain. Robin Schiller spotted Daniel Kinahan in that event. He brought that to Colin's attention and after the two men were satisfied that they had I suppose satisfied their brief uh, they decided to leave and just outside the Regency Hotel then as they were leaving they heard a loud noise Uh, Robin turned to Colin and said that it sounded like a gunshot and Colin O'Reardon gave evidence then last week of seeing two armed Gardaí or for all intents and purposes they looked like armed Gardaí running up the steps into the Regency Hotel And he said he noticed that they were carrying AK-47s and he thought that was unusual because he didn't think Gardaí carried AK-47s. He said there was another man uh, armed with an assault rifle and tactical gear that was um, following them a little bit uh, behind them, but he was following them inside the hotel. And he said that uh, he didn't want to bring this person's attention to him. He was standing at the end of of the steps. Um, So he stayed there and he tried to look inconspicuous. Uh, But ultimately, he watched three armed men 
walking into the region or running into the Regency Hotel armed with assault rifles. He said he heard shots being fired. And from where he was standing just outside the hotel, he could see into the reception area. He could see a man on top of the reception desk with a gun. He said he was pointing this gun at somebody who was behind the reception desk. He said he didn't fire. He jumped down, back down off that uh, desk. He heard more more um, gunshots. And he described then, you know, minutes later, the three men leaving the hotel and he said that he was in fear for his life at this point so he just put up his hands and he said guards i don't know where to be and he watched as they got into a a van that left the scene soon afterwards we also heard from another press photographer this is a man called ernie leslie Uh, he was a freelance photographer back in 2016 he was dispatched to the boxing way and just like colin o'reardon and robin were with another reporter alan sherry this was um on behalf of the Sunday world. And he described approaching the hotel. He said he was outside. He heard a commotion. He heard noises. Um, he saw people running from the hotel. And he did think that the noises sounded like gunshots. But this was two o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. And he thought, surely not. But he did become concerned when he saw people rushing out of the hotel. And he said that his attention was drawn to a silver van that was parked outside the hotel. He said the driver's window was open as, as he and Alan approached. And he said that he noticed a hand coming out the window and the barrel of a weapon. Um, He said instinctively he grabbed his camera and he noticed somebody running towards them as he did so. And again, instincts kicked in and he took a number of photographs, seven or eight frames. This photograph we now know is the photograph that appeared on the front, front page of the Sunday World of a man in a flat cap and a man with a wig dressed as a woman running from the scene. Both were armed with handguns. Um, we also heard from James McGettigan. James McGettigan's family owns the Regency Hotel. He was working that day and he described um, at about half past two being in the bar area. He heard a commotion. He said that three, again, for all intents and purposes, three men who looked like armed guards came into the bar area, told everyone to get on the ground. Uh, he said that he assumed that there you know, had been an incident locally, that he came out of the bar he went over to one of these men. He said that this person was completely covered up. He could make out his eyes, but nothing else. He was holding a, a gun. That gun was being held uh, towards him. And he expected him to identify himself as a guard and to explain what was going on. But he didn't. He said that they were looking for the boxers. They were screaming, looking for the boxers. Where are the boxers? And he said they stayed in the bar for maybe less than a minute and they left. He heard more gunshots and he said he became concerned. And he said, maybe looking back a little bit naively, he said he, he, he ran into another the room uh, to raise the alarm and he was actually the one that that rang the Gardaí. So they were supposed the civilian witnesses that we heard from immediately after we last spoke, Ger. It's, it's really shocking when you paint the picture of exactly what was going on and just um, uh, how different people react under extreme terror, really. Uh, you know, the instinct of the photographer to take photographs, that's so ingrained. Um, but also that kind of sense that you see Gardaí and you actually feel safe. You think, okay, this is going to be fine here. I'm I'm in the company of somebody who knows what they're doing. And um, that, that evidence really brings home just how many people were caught up in this. Yeah, and, and I think the prosecuting barrister, Sean Galan, touched, touched on that exact point, Jerry, in his opening address. You know, shots had been fired in the hotel. There were about two or 250 people there. As you can imagine, you know, panic struck and um, people were fleeing for their lives. They were looking for exits. And then they spotted Gardaí coming in and um, that just caused even more confusion, particularly when they also started firing shots. Um, you know, we heard and we saw CCTV evidence um, last week. 
and at various points since we've spoken, we've been shown, you know, from different points of view, the prosecution's case that it's trying to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. You get the feeling that CCTV is going to feature heavily. You know, there were lots of cameras both inside and outside the Regency Hotel that captured what happened uh, on that day. We saw two of the gunmen, again, the man with the wig dressed as a woman and also the man with the flat cap, who we now know is a man called Kevin Murray, uh, a dissident Republican who was one of the, the gunmen on that day. He has since passed away. We were shown CCTV footage of them entering the hotel through a laundry room entrance. We were shown the footage of the three men dressed as armed guardy entering the hotel. You know, at 2.32, we were shown footage of David Byrne running, you know, in the middle of a crowd, uh, clearly identifiable in the footage that we were shown, running from the Regency suite where the boxing weigh-in had been taking place, running towards the reception area. He stops, he comes back in shot, seemed to be running back towards the suite from which he had come from, and then turns on his heels again and goes back to the reception area. And we know that that's where he was shot six times by two of the tactical men. There was also a very distressing um, image shown just shortly after that, of David Byrne's feet just out of shot, clearly lying on the ground. Uh, this was after he had been shot. We heard Tactical One, or the armed raider that was described in court as Tactical One, shot him. He hit the ground. Tactical Two shot him. Tactical Two went back and coldly and, and calmly shot him in, in the head and body. In the post-mortem evidence, the then Deputy State Pathologist Dr. Michael Curtis gave evidence of of going to the scene that evening. There was a forensics tent in the reception area. Inside it lay the body of, of David Byrne. He was lying up against the, the desk. His head was lying in a pool of blood. And Dr. Curtis said from that preliminary examination, it was very obvious that he had suffered catastrophic um, gunshot wounds to the head. He gave, and I won't go into them in any detail because they are quite graphic and distressing, but he gave some very detailed evidence about the post-mortem he carried out the following day and ultimately his conclusions were that David Byrne had died from six gunshots to the head and body you know fired from a high velocity weapon and he said that if death was an instant it would have been rapid um you know turning back to that CCTV evidence we see the armed raiders leaving the hotel we see a van leaving the vicinity of the hotel we see six men running up a nearby laneway that runs alongside St Vincent's GAA club and it is the prosecution's case that at the top of that lane were the getaway vehicles the van was found burnt out at Charlemont estate a short time later we were also shown CCTV footage from the day before Jer and uh, this was um this showed Patrick Dowdall the father of a former Sinn Féin councillor, Jonathan Dowdall, both of them men um, have been sentenced to, you know, Jonathan Dowdall got four years in prison. His father, Patrick, got two years for facilitating what happened at the Regency Hotel that day by making a hotel room available to the criminal organisation behind the attack. We see CCTV footage of Patrick Dowdall arriving at the scene at about half past seven in the evening. The evening before, he seems to check in. He hands over some cash to the receptionist. He's handed key cards. He goes to the second floor to room 2104. Um, he stays there for about 10 minutes. He then leaves the hotel. One hour later then, we were shown footage of a taxi pulling up. A man getting out of that taxi doesn't go to reception area, goes straight up to the second floor, again to room 2104. That man we now know was Kevin Murray. Um, Kevin Murray came out of the room at about 10 o'clock. He had gone into it with a bag. He came out of it without the bag. He is seen leaving the room the following morning again with the bag and leaves the hotel at that point. Um, a PSNI officer gave evidence and he identified Kevin Murray as being the person in that photograph that was taken by 
Ernie Leslie. We were also shown CCTV footage of the movement of various vehicles uh, around the city in the lead up to the shooting. And, and this is the case, I suppose, against the other two men that we haven't spoken about who were sitting in the dock alongside Jerry the Monk Hutch, two Dublin men, Paul Murphy and Jason Bonney, both in their 50s. Now, they're not accused of murder. They're facing and have denied a less serious charge, that of facilitating the murder by... I suppose, um, contributing in, in the sense that they are accused of offering logistical support through the provision of certain vehicles. Um, there are identification issues. The prosecution will have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that they are the persons seen in various clips that have been shown to the judges over the past few days. We've also heard evidence, Chair, of, of the seizure of three AK-47s from the boot of a car. Now, this was on the 9th of March 2016, so one month or to be exact, 33 days after the shooting, um, a guard, the team intervention team was dispatched to a location just outside Slane County Meath on that day. They stopped a Donegal Reg car. It was being driven by a Donegal man called Shane Rowan. He is an IRA man. He subsequently pleaded guilty to firearms offences and IRA membership. He has been jailed for seven and a half years. They opened up the boot and hidden inside the boot, they found three, K, three AK-47s. They also found loaded um, magazines. Uh, these were taken away for analysis. The car was analysed. That burnt out van, the suspected getaway vehicle, was also analysed. And yesterday we heard from a ballistics expert, a Detective Sergeant David O'Leary, who was physically handed one by one three AK-47s. Now, he analysed those weapons and before he gave his evidence yesterday, he checked to make sure that they were safe. He assured the court and the judges that they were. And he gave evidence of inspecting those weapons. We heard that they were Kalashnikov variant uh, rifles. Uh, They came from Romania, China and the former Yugoslavia. He said the bullets that were found at the Regency Hotel, the spent cartridges after the bullets were fired. He said he examined those and after examining both the weapons and those discharges cartridges he formed the opinion that the bullets that were fired at the regency hotel the bullets the six bullets that took david burns life were fired from the three weapons that were found in the boot of that car that was stopped just outside slain one month later uh, strike marks noticed or noted yesterday as well in that ballistics uh, discussion as well frank that's right, Shane. There was a, a lot of detailed evidence from Detective Garda O'Leary. He did go and um, examine the scene after the shooting as well, and he noticed and referenced a number of strike marks. And he said that this strike mark, and uh, one strike mark in particular, was found just to the right of the stage where the weigh-in was taking place that day back in February 2016. And he gave very detailed evidence of of where and how they found uh, various cartridges um, you know, that were scattered around the floor of the reception area and, and also inside in that, um, in that suite. It was, it was fascinating to hear the evidence just in relation to the firearms and you know, actually seeing the weapons physically in court yesterday being taken out of evidence bags and being handed to the witness and then the drama of Detective O'Leary you know, physically examining the weapons just to make sure that they were safe. But um, aside from all of that drama, you have to remember that a life was taken in all of this. You know, it is the prosecution's case that those weapons were used to kill uh, David Byrne. And Jerry the Monk Hutch, who is sitting in the dock, you know, listening intently with headphones on. He does need the assistance of, of a hearing aid. He has pleaded not guilty to these to this charge. He is facing the murder charge. And as I said earlier, the two men in the dock beside him 
have pleaded not guilty to those um, lesser charges of of helping the criminal organisation. Frank, good stuff. We leave it there. Thanks a million for joining us this morning. Cheers. No bother. Thanks, lads. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent moves.